0: Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, coming to you with uh, episode 25, which means we're arbitrarily a quarter of the way to 100 podcasts, which, yes, an attainable goal eventually, but uh, at this point I'm just... Lucky to have made it to twenty-five, and hopefully I'll make it to fifty. Uh, dream big. So, um, in this episode, this is actually a another recap of uh, Legend of Korra. It's it's actually the um, uh, discussion slash examination of the finale, and as well like the series as a whole. Uh, I'm joined by uh, you might remember Sean and Miguel from the previous recordings, as well as uh, a number of other podcasts, kind of sprinkled about as well. So, um, we wanted to. Cover Cover the the rest of this series because you know we're big fans and. There was a lot to talk about. Definitely, we—I'm uh, surprised we actually made it. A, you know, over an hour because there's a little bit of an energy problem. We were all tired, and we still wanted to do this. We all wanted to talk about it. So it's—it's it's always a little hard to get started and find a momentum uh, when you're that tired. When everyone's just kind of like strung out because of holidays and whatnot. Not that it's a good excuse, but I'm just telling you, there's an excuse. Um, but. Like I said, we wanted to talk about Cora. we wanted to talk about how much we love the series, you know, what this means going forward in terms of television and children's programming and all kinds of stuff. So I hope you would still enjoy it. I hope that we at least make you laugh a couple of times or make you think about a few things about Quora you didn't uh, necessarily want to think about or weren't thinking about at that time. So think about things. About. I'm just going to say that as many times as I can. So... Uh, and, um, just to kind of give you a heads up as to what is going to be happening with That Girl with the Curls, uh, in the future, in 2015, I'm going to be working on getting new guests, definitely. I love talking to people, uh, especially people from my childhood, and, uh, people who do interesting stuff, so I'm always on the lookout for that. And, uh, I'm going to be starting a series of podcasts, I mean, still under this title, but it's going to be history-oriented. Uh, I'm a history major, a lot of my friends are history majors, and so we are going to be looking at uh, historical quote-unquote movies. Uh, the idea will be one of my friends uh, come, come and joins us, uh, joins me. There isn't an us, I have this royal we complex that I'm really working on. Anyway, a friend will join me and we will talk about a movie that they love, um, the historical movie that they love, and also one that they don't necessarily love. I I hesitate to use the word hate, but hate could be the word used or bandied about at some point. So, like I said, you know, new guests will be showing up, uh, old uh, old friends, uh, hosts that have previously been on here before, uh, and we're going to be starting some new stuff. I'm going to try and experiment with the format a little bit, too. Uh, Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully 2015 is a better year, a great year indeed. Uh, So, yep. This is uh, episode 25, Legend of Korra season finale. Hope you enjoy it. Nothing interesting happened whatsoever. Yeah, uh, are you guys all ready or do you need a, a couple minutes? I'm ready. Sean? I'm to go. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, we'll just do the regular intro here because uh, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, welcome, once again, to That Girl with the Curls, uh, our 25th episode! Yay! Hey! Or my 25th episode. Screw you guys. Yay!
1: I don't love you anymore. You are the unloveless child.
0: You can talk to my family about that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're celebrating our quarter of the way to 100 episodes, because that's a goal uh, arbitrarily uh, tacked on to this thing. <laughs> Uh by talking about the finale and also essentially like Legend of Korra as a show in of itself. So um I'm joined today by my Korra loving uh brethren. Uh Sean, please say hello. Hello. As well as Miguel. Miguel, please say hello. Oh hi. <laughs> so, Legend of Korra, last two episodes, uh, thoughts. <laughs> Exhilarating. <laughs> just off
2: the top of my head was one thought.
0: Yeah. It was a freaking, thought you were having.
2: Freaking awesome.
1: Was, was another thought I had.
0: <laughs> Sean? I just didn't
1: feel like it... I felt like it was a season finale, but I didn't feel like it was a series finale.
0: Really? Explain yeah, why. I, I just didn't feel like it had
1: the like, emotional impact that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, yeah, we know it's going to happen. And then... like, I mean, but, not exactly, but... <laughs> We knew where we were going, and then it was just like, "Yeah, I, I feel like it's because like they slowly tied up everything really nicely, mm-hmm. so at the end they don't go revisit every single person's closure." Yeah, but I kind of wish they did because it was a series finale that you should have like a little bit more time to like see everyone.
0: Well, they also they lost an episode because of Nickelodeon. Um, so, for those, I'll do like a really quick recap of the finale at least uh, because. Uh, we had a uh, Day of Colossus and the Last Stand are the last two episodes. And a uh, stand- cliche title too. Oh, for the love of God! <laughs> are you critiquing this episode because of its title alone? The Last Stand. Oh, like exactly what I thought it would be named. But it's but it's what happens. My God, man. Uh, yeah. So Kuvira, who has the, been the main baddie of this uh, um, season. She is pretty bad, but we find out for good reason. (laughs) She's basically marching on Republic City with a huge mecha that's powered by spirit energy with a huge cannon on it, also, you know, shooting spirit energy. And so Korra and the gang are all trying to stop this and stop Kuvira. I mean, that's essentially what the last two episodes are about. Um, and along the way, you know, everyone kind of gets their moment, and, uh, what is it, uh, Kuvira's, like, kind of backstory is, you know, used to reveal why she is the way she is, and Korra does some, uh, spirit bending or energy bending and creates a new portal in the middle of Republic City, a new spirit portal. And then at the end of the day, Varric and Julie get married, and then Korra and Asami hold hands and stare lovingly into each other's eyes as they go on vacation in the spirit world. The end, which
2: might I say, sounds like a great vacation.
0: Yeah, if you could go to the spirit world for a vacation, we'd like, "Sign That's me That's I would go every time if I could. It's like screw the Fire Nation or like the Earth Kingdom or whatever. I am going to the spirit world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, Sean, I get what you are you are saying. Like it, it didn't feel like um like the big amped up thing we were waiting for. Um,
1: yeah, I just because it was like.
0: I felt with, like, The Last Airbender,
1: the, the bad guy was, like, an overarching villain through four seasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it built up to this, like, epic moment at the end, whereas this one, she faced a big, bad person every season. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, like, a, there was no... I don't know. I feel like they should have brought back something else. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> like, more bad for view. your buck. Because, you know, they went through so many big villains. I
2: feel like... I mean, I, Sean, I totally feel... Um, see where you're coming from, but um, I, I think in the sense that anything short of, you know, you see Cora at, like, 70, or, <laughs> you know, something, some huge, let's say, like, what if she died during that big spirit bomb portal-making process or whatever, would have given it, like, some actual, like, set-in-stone closure, mm-hmm. because it does kind of leave it towards a, okay, what the fuck's gonna happen now? Like, I still want to see it, but I think it's more just um, a sign of how how wrapped up people get in the show like how good it is and how great a storytelling it is and that you automatically want more no matter what they went with with the ending.
0: I don't know for me, it was more about like what was gonna resonate with the audience um, and I don't think jumping ahead to you know yeah old Cora or something like that or. She'd have to be so like, yeah. old, like <laughs> so nine hundred years old. So many years. All done
2: being the avatar, like like Yoda, just <laughs> like, In the swamps, just like
1: Toph. Like yeah. Swamp, yeah. just chilling in the swamp.
0: That's where everybody goes when Pretty they retire. <laughs> That's
1: what Toph was. Toph was like yeah. the Yoda of this season.
0: <laughs> sort <laughs> sort of. Went into
1: a swampland and found a <laughs> small, <laughs> a wrinkled mentor <laughs> who was very harsh and.
0: Yeah, as a bunch. Um <laughs> but uh yeah cuz with especially with this last season of Cora because it was so intrinsically tied into the events of of the third season and even into the events of the series of a ho- as a whole. I mean, what you're getting here is okay, here's the here's the bad guy coming at you. It's all got to be kind of contained in this one area, but I feel like the the episode itself you know, or the season itself, was just, like, one long, continuous episode, practically. Like, where we're trying to, you know, uh, get into Cora's head. She's experiencing post-traumatic stress, basically, the entire series. <laughs> um, or the, the entire season. And then it, uh, it all builds to her saving the day, not through necessarily sheer force of power, but through sympathy and empathy um, for Kuvira, because they are so similar. So... I think it's just a different type of, of ending than what we've basically gotten used to with series television, with animation especially, if that makes sense. I, I did enjoy the Pent the, uh, Ultimate episode. I felt like the
1: Day of the Colossus was really well done.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was a straight up, like, get into the Mecca, take it down, Maka was awesome. <laughs> when, they were, when they were earthbending
1: the buildings and they were throwing building chunks at it, I was like yeah,
0: I'm down with this. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, like, and also, like, Maka, like, doing the, the lightning bending uh, was so cool, because you don't, and it's one of those things where you don't see that often. He used it, like, once in the first season, used it last season with uh, killing Ming-Hua. Um and so this time, it's, like, the first time he's used lightning for a while, and so you're just like, yeah, it's the coolest thing ever! I love that move!
2: Yeah, it's such a... Such a better way to end, like, I guess, such a better memory of him using lightning, because the very first one, if you guys recall, in season one, that is day job mm-hmm. that the old lightning factory or whatever. <laughs> so that, and that made it, like, cause in, I think, like, in the, um, the Last Airbender, like, anytime they popped off lightning, it was, like, the coolest thing ever, because you're like, whoa, they just did what? And then the way they introduced him in Korra is like, ah, you know just
0: putting in my 40 this week.
2: Well,
0: I always felt felt like that's how bending was going to eventually become anyway, because if you've got a, you now have a world where war isn't, like, the biggest problem anymore, or a dictatorship under the Fire Lord. Right. Um, So then bending skills could get to the point where it would become kind of, like, everyday stuff. So them generating electricity, essentially for an advanced world, made sense to me. Um, I'm so
1: glad they made it up. Yeah, it,
0: the rarity of using it. It's not like Mako's go-to maneuver was lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning <laughs> bolt.
1: So, uh, there's a couple things I had like to nitpick about, though. But mm-hmm. what was with Bolin's like lack of lava bending? Like, did not even like really put time into mastering that. It came out once in a while. It was it was handy. And, and my big question is when they broke into the the Colossus. He had, like, a spinning disc. Was that metal? Did he metal bend? Or is that, like, a rock, molten
0: rock disc? When they get into the Colossus disc? or when they're trying to take it down? When they're, like, breaking in. When him and Mako go to the engine room. Oh, okay, so when they like go to the, the huge spirit thing. Um, I don't know, because yeah. he's only a lava bender, because uh, yeah, Lynn and Sue were the ones going off to basically wreck the place. Because um, I... I don't recall that Bolin was metal bending. Yeah no. I did like a disc. A disc. Oh, oh no no, he was doing like, what the hell was that? He was doing, yeah, what Gazan <laughs> did in the in the previous season. So it was like it's it's the using it's this weird combination of fire and earth bending. Uh it's the only way I can describe it because f- heat and fire can make um uh movement, you know, kinetic energy and everything like that. So it's got to be something to do with that. Like, that's what... Yeah, he was throwing a disc around the way Gazan had done uh, in the previous season. I'll
1: have to look back into that,
0: because I was like, where the
1: hell did he get that? Yeah. it's like it's like, busted it out. I'm like, that would have been super handy a while ago. Y-
0: yeah, I mean, because, yeah, the, the reveal at the end of of se- uh, season three is that, you know, Bolin's, oh my god, he's actually a lava bender, and he oh, learns it way on the fly. Uh Which is so cool when he does. (laughs) Now what? I'm just laughing at
1: that. Like, oh, just on the fly. You just got
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, well, I got to save everyone, so I'm either going to die or something will happen. Lava bend. (laughs) I I also love it when Mako's like, you know, Boleyn, you're a lava bender. (laughs) He's like, I know. I just found out. But yeah because with the jump to three years later, one can assume that he just mastered it enough or he can he uses it so effectively when he does so True. there was some probably some training going on at some point because since it's apparently a rarity to to be a lava bender uh for many reasons, <laughs> uh that's probably what was going on. I don't think that there was any need to show an extensive training sequence or, or a montage <laughs> I love montage. Rocky had a montage.
2: Everybody who's worth a damn will have a montage at some point in their life.
0: That's very true. (laughs) They will also have a band walking with them down the street as they strut. Yep. Everybody wants a montage. Montage! Montage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was... I mean... (laughs) Okay, the
1: other question I had was uh, so the Colossus is built with platinum which can't you metal bent. So I mean, this whole thing had to be built, and like, was it Pajar? Pajar? No, Batar?
0: Batar Jr., yeah.
1: Yeah. How did he not know this was being built?
0: What do you did mean? He, he knew it was being built. Did he
1: he knew. He right yeah, I think he knew. But how, it was, like, um, what, how like, did Julie not, not know? Because they had her that? spirit weapon. That's a giant, down. a giant colossus. It is massive, <laughs> and she didn't know? these things
0: were happening <laughs> just Kuvira's a super villain of course she would have contingency oh plans that a different
1: part of the train?
0: yeah that's so where that they course. were assembling it <laughs> <laughs> like
1: I said just small little things that,
0: that I had to question well yeah I, I don't question those things because it really didn't matter because <laughs> the moment that Colossus shows up you're like damn And <laughs> <So, laughs> I mean they were testing the spirit weapon at least so you knew where that came from uh, I thought I was going
1: to be strapped to a tank or something like
0: that. It technically was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just A giant walking
0: tank. Well, I like that we got cuz like season 2 was like spirit kaiju basically. And now this year, the, you know, this uh this season it was mechas, like every <laughs> eastern, tr- you know, eastern trope you could find for a <laughs>
2: everything's a mecca.
0: Oh, so good. Um although it the one thing that does take me out of it from time to time, especially with Legend of Korra and, and cartoons like this is when they do something so obviously CGI. Um, it can get a little distracting, but once you just accept it, you're like, oh, right, and then they're going to fly into it with balloons filled with paint. <laughs> like, Milo finally gets a really good idea. It's like, wait, I need paint! <laughs> um, but I did like the the takedown from the interior. Of the uh the colossus, just because they effectively split up. Like this has been all this stuff with Korra, like becoming less of the "I'm just gonna punch everything" avatar, and more into like the strategic planner, the you know the leader. That kind of stuff. So she's just like, all right. It's like, we're going to do a three-front assault. <laughs> I'll go after Kavira. Uh, Lin and Sue just, you know, rake through the, th- you know, the place with all the metal. And then Bolin and Mako shut down the spirit um, vines energy thing, that- powering the damn thing. Um, so I like that they, they did that and that everyone kind of got those moments. I think it was uh, well-deserved of the, of everyone in that uh, that case. <laughs> What about you guys? What did you think about the takedown of the actual Colossus? Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, Sue and Beifeng was the, the best. Sue and Lin mm-hmm. working together was awesome to watch.
0: Yeah, and, and just even like Lin giving that, that last kind of like, you know, nice job, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Beifeng family is so giving of compliments. <laughs> uh, one of the weird things I found was that they didn't have a lot of genora and Iki, and um, a lot of the airbenders kind of got pushed to the side, which I think was kind of more to your point, Sean, that certain people weren't allowed their moments. Yeah, they're
1: airbenders, though.
0: But Jinora <laughs> was, like... But even, like, even
1: the, the emo punk rock guy got more of a side story than some of the airbenders Ryu? Kids. His name was Ryu, right? Yeah. <laughs> the tour guide, and he
0: had
1: the thing. Well, I think yeah. that,
2: I don't know, the airbender kids had the one, like one two punch of those episodes or that episode where they were like looking for Cora and then they found her and they, yeah. that's that's how they helped.
0: Job done. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Oh <laughs> then there was that painting episode where they were painting with the or was that last season?
0: That no, this was the season. Uh okay. they were yeah, they were hanging out with uh the one uh the hipster painter. <laughs> yeah the <laughs> He's a Bayfon, right? Yeah, he's one... Yeah, he's, uh, Sue's son. <laughs> a lot of hipsters.
1: A lot of hipsters in this series. <laughs> hey, you know,
0: this
2: the times. the Republic City's happening. A lot of... A lot of artists and whatnots.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no, and, and I understand it. It's... I mean, to, to go back to my own previous point, it's about, like, the... The, uh, the series as a whole... This is going to be an entire episode of me stopping it so that. Uh, the mysterious sound. The, sound! the sound is coming from in the house! <laughs> Uh, that would
1: be terrifying. Let's not joke about
0: that. Okay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah,
1: I've watched a lot of C- I've watched a lot of CSI, a lot of uh, criminal minds, okay? Let's
0: not joke about that. Alright, we won't joke about it. <laughs> if I've learned anything from watching CSI and Law and Order, it's that criminals will just find their way into your house no matter what you're doing.
2: Exactly. Wait, <laughs> hey,
0: what? Like right now. What? Yeah. What? Oh god. <laughs> like I got
2: like,
1: could
0: out. be in, in like, the room. Miguel, turn around, look behind you. Oh no! Dun, dun, dun. Pretty much. Uh, it's nothing, don't worry. <laughs> uh, anyway, the the whole thing then becomes uh, the these episodes are are about like following Cora through her journey, and and everyone's moments are are basically like scattered about the season because you know the creators um, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Kunietzko, uh knew that this was the last season, so it was kind of. You know, I think they're they were doing it on purpose, like giving people their moments just not when it was. you know, we normally would have seen it. You know, yeah. Everyone's expecting it at the end, but the end has to be more about Cora and wrapping up her story um for the time being and uh and getting her to a place where she's now more balanced, I guess, because the last book is called Balance. <laughs> oh yeah. <So> it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Called that, I think, on the show. Pretty sure, like four episodes, or I mean, right before the season started.
0: Yeah, it, it was kind of like, like
1: I'm pretty sure. what of us said the exact word. It's like
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of you know the, the next you know place it should go is you know you had change and now it's balance. <laughs> yeah, it's balance exactly. <laughs> um, so was there anything else in like Day of Colossus that like stood out to you guys? I mean, with the the takedown or. Or anything that you wanted to talk about in terms of of that episode, or even the the last episode. I mean, we'll get to the ending, I, ending, but um... I, I just really think that they did a ma- like an
1: awesome job on that episode. Like the they it had shown how they had, like perfected their craft and their storytelling. Mm-hmm.
0: The way everything culminated in the music and the the bending, it was all kind of like dancing almost. Mm-hmm.
1: It was really cool to watch. Miguel, um, I agree.
0: With everything, <laughs>
2: all the time. No, I think the uh, <laughs> most agreeable a... person on the panel. <laughs> yeah, Shadow of the Colossus or whatever um, was, I I think the the big you know, you know, white knuckle thrill ride that everyone is expecting mm-hmm. of a typical series or season finale. But then you know the follow up, the next one with all the the feel goods and whatnot is more. uh I don't know kind of lost it there um yeah. <laughs> or i think well what i thought anyway was more of an appropriate like season finale i think i don't know i thought they were well done it was like a good balance between eh, eh, balance balance kind of like two episodes. how many
0: times can we work balance into this uh this podcast <laughs> uh, yeah no i i agree that yeah the day of colossus is much more the traditional season ender like you, you could just see like after they bring down the 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 robot, it's it's all about like okay now we got to wrap this all up. Kavira's gone and uh, day is saved, huzzah, huzzah, um, that kind of stuff. But what you have with uh, the last stand is basically just it's like the coda to the finale. Uh, just being all like, no, we're gonna take it an extra step here and have Korra and Kavira just keep going at it until a freaking new spirit portal is created. Um, because I don't know about you guys, but my favorite shot was when Korra is literally staring down the barrel of the gun. The, uh, because, uh, again, for those who maybe weren't watching the show and whoever the hell you are, oh, why are you no. listening to this? Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um... So the, the gun is, is rendered useless because of Sue and Lynn and, and what is so awesome is that the mecha tears its own arm off and throws it into the spirit wilds, <laughs> never to be seen again. Or is it? <laughs> uh So yeah, when, um, when Korra and Kavira end up just kind of like, chasing after each other through the spirit wilds, Kavira comes across, you know, finds the gun again and is like, this tiny little woman sits next to the trigger of this gun that still works, just not as a part of the, the Mecca. She basically is about to kill Korra with this ginormous gun uh, with spirit energy and manages to just, you know, because we know that the spirit wilds and the spirit world get angry when the Gun is used, or the, the energy is, is siphoned off. The vines start messing with the gun. Kuvira's thrown to the ground. It looks like she's going to get killed, but then Korra's just, like, right up in front of her and counteracts the spirit energy with her own, and then portal. Does
1: she counteract with her own, or does she just bend
0: it? I think, she, I think she's bending it, because um, it's established in the previous episode when she goes to see Zaheer, uh, to get over that last leg of her, of uh, you know, most of her post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, that she can still, you know, bend, uh, she can still use her, her powers in the spirit world. She just never did it before, or <laughs> never tried, uh, especially if she's meditating in the spirit world, something like that. So I, I think it's a combination of either her exerting her own spiritual energy and probably energy bending at the same time which is why it creates such a huge akira-like explosion and then a portal. <laughs> yeah. Green in the middle. Yeah, it's right. And then all the spirits show up again. They're like, "Yay!" <laughs> we did nothing. Yeah. That's see that? when they said they were
2: going to do nothing.
0: But that's the that's weird true. thing they like were about it. Yeah. yeah. That is the weird thing though because there was the episode where Korra's, you know again trying to, you know, um, assert herself as the as the avatar again. And tries to get the spirits to help defend Republic City. And I actually, I honestly thought that when that idea was presented that that was going to become a major factor in the victory. It was like the spirits coming together to help them stop Kuvira and her army. Yeah, that's what I thought. You think yeah. They were going
2: to make their own spirit-powered
1: mecha to fight. Find- <laughs> it was kind of like in your face when he was just like you want to use the spirits as a weapon too. And you're like, oh shit, I do want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just as bad as
0: Kuvira. <laughs> well, it's all about showing how much Korra and Kuvira are alike. Cause it's the worst kept secret, you know, of the show. <laughs> but I, I did, I did like that. It ends, you know, there's plenty of action going on. There's plenty of fights. There's plenty of, um, bending awesomeness from everybody you know from Cora and Kavira just keep going at it until they end up in that section of the spirit world that they created basically um but I do like that the the end is is one of them sitting and talking it's just so it feels anticlimactic climactic on the the part of a I guess a finale you know what people would be expecting I suppose but it's so true to what they've done with Cora at this point that it, it made sense. Yeah, I
1: agree. I dug
0: it. What about you Sean? I dig. You dig. I, dig. No, I also dig, yeah. You dig. You dig, cats <laughs> <laughs> groovy kittens. <laughs> um so I guess with them we should talk about the ending. Like the ending ending. Um so I don't how how familiar are you guys with the Korra fan base? I mean, in terms of the internet? Like were you I, aware of Korasami? <laughs> no, I was not. I mean not at all. Not until afterwards, I guess. Okay. So
2: I read it, uh, and I wasn't even familiar with that Makora
0: was it Makora? Yeah, Mako no, it's and the Kora. Other one.
2: <laughs> See, See, Mako and Korra, and then the other name bending, if you
0: will. <laughs> I, I don't believe in any of that. So shipping, you're not a big shipper. <laughs> Shipping.
2: What is,
0: what is, so if you ship someone, uh, two people, you it's the relationship. Got to get in on the fan fiction stuff. I hope you can
2: hear that noise I'm making. I'm making that was pure anger. Right now.
0: Why, don't you, why don't you make that again closer to the mic? There we go. <laughs> I just feel like the male version of Marge Simpson when she's not happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is what that
2: is. No, I've just never been a fan. But I was not aware of Kurosami, uh until. I read, I read some things.
0: You read some things? Saw some stuff? Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> tweets. Things <laughs> that you can never unsee. Some tweets and tumbles and things and whatnot.
0: Yeah. So, oh. I was I was kind of aware of it, um, but not to the extent that I thought I knew it was a thing. Like, I mean, I I love the show, but it's not like I go to Tumblr and, and all these other places and be like, well, I'm going to just look at GIFs all day. <laughs> what what are- kind of fan
2: are you? I had that kind of life. A like, mildly actually interested actually fan. Do that, but I, can't. <laughs> I
0: don't
2: have the time or the anything.
0: Time Energy. or anything. The <laughs> wherewithal. <laughs> anything. Literally anything to do that. <laughs> like, I don't have the time or the, uh, whatever, I can't even finish the sentence. Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's me.
1: Finishing the sentence would require me putting time into it.
0: Ugh, i have to think about what even I was as, saying. Even as I speak,
1: I realize my sentence is
0: folly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to taper off. Now. Uh, Way. Meh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, Sorry. yeah, so I, I knew an, a little bit about Korosami, but I didn't know it was going to end on that note, or that they were even, I mean... You kind of look back now and, yeah, the, the building blocks were, were there. I mean, definitely. I am going to disagree a
1: bit on that one. I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Like, I think <laughs> that's super
0: awesome. And this is where we done. all say, like, no, we're so totally uh, okay with it.
1: <laughs> I am. I'm 100% okay with it. I, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I just don't think there was enough of a setup. Like, I don't think they they put enough effort into showing them having these awkward you know, unsure like glances, like there, it wasn't obvious to me. Like that when it was like it was I was like, what happened? Did they just are they together in the end? I had to ask. I was like, I don't know if that's maybe there's really good friends going into the spirit world.
0: Who hold Girls, like, hands and hands. stare lovingly at each hands. other. <laughs> yeah. Best so those <laughs> yeah. I I can yeah, safely that's... say I've never really held my friend's hands that <laughs> like that. Girl, friend, then. <laughs> Apparently Whatever. yes, I am a very Highly independent friend uh, who does not need to hold hands with everyone. Um, I just don't think it was set up. En- I don't think it was set up enough. No, to make and it obvious. And by the creator's own admissions, uh, Brian Konietzko went on Tumblr to basically say that yes, Korsami is canon because there was a lot of speculation going on and people being like, "It's so vague and sort of ambiguous," even though it really wasn't. Um, but uh, so th- they've confirmed that it's it's real. And and Brian Konietzko was even like, it's not the best way we could have approached it, because they they weren't certain that they could even pull it off, because, uh, I don't know if either of you have read that Tumblr post, but... Um, yeah, he, I did, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, so he's yeah. basically saying, like, he had the idea for it back in, like, basically in the first season when they started introducing Asami. Uh, but figured because it's a network television, or not network, but a cable television, one of the bigger children's television networks and everything, that they probably couldn't get away with it. And basically the, the end is kind of their way of going like, yeah, we're just going to do this. <laughs> like, we're just going to put this out there. Mm-hmm. Take it as you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there were there were things I feel like, I mean, you can go and look back in like season three and definitely in season four when Cora returns to Republic City and everything, uh, there's moments there where you see like the the inklings and the beginnings of a relationship possibly starting, or at least the, the notion of, oh, I'm attracted to her, perhaps, or whatever. Uh, so the vacation is almost like the beginning of a relationship, you know, essentially.
1: I do agree that it was shown like you could see it in those instances, especially when they were on a date. And Mako found out, isn't that, like, season four?
0: Yeah, well, he... Like,
1: they're like, oh, you're out to dinner? And it's like, yeah, I just didn't know if I should invite you.
0: No, well, they were out... She was out with Mako and Asami, and then they brought oh, Prince Ru right. along, so that was that was never intended to to be like a, oh, they're on a date! Fair. <laughs> mm, never mind, I retract my comment then. Alrighty, then. Um, we just know that, you know, Mako is a terrible bodyguard, because he lets royalty go off to the bathroom by themselves, and then gets And them. all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, it's like... That was a weird thing, too, that Mako was kind of pushed to the side in this, this season. Um, didn't do much. She was just kind of there. <laughs> like, felt kind of bad for him for a little bit. Um... But anyway, so the. Also, if you're,
1: you're, you're Mako, you just found out both your ex girlfriends are now
0: like. Yeah, that's the thing, because. Yeah, Mako dated oh, both of so them. Sad. They just don't show the reaction shot of Mako and Bolin being like, what are Cory and Asami doing over there? I think that's
1: why they cut to them being like in the spirit world. They're like, we don't want to show the, the, the questions of the friends. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> Mako's like, wait, both of you?
0: <laughs> it's like, oh man, I dated both of you. Oh, man, what does that say about me? It's like, absolutely nothing, Mako. Don't worry about it. Uh, You're great. You're great. You're you're awesome. No, just go watch your your brother be with his girlfriend and you have Prince Wu. Uh, (laughs) Aww. Aww. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but that's the... And the thing with the ending, too, is that it's what makes it a major deal, aside from the fact that it's a flawed execution of an ending. I mean... Again, no one's like. I mean, none none of us here are upset by it at all. Like, we it's not like it ruined the show. Be like, what? No, I'm just gonna flip this table now that I know that Korra and Asami are in a loving relationship of some sort. Um, it that that didn't occur at all. I mean, at least not no. here. Uh, there were other people on the internet, which it probably did. The
1: internet. Yeah. I started on I was, I was honestly. I have shame to it, and the part of the
0: group that was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it's, I think it's an understandable reaction, especially if you weren't looking for it or didn't see it, you know, from the get-go, because, I mean, I honestly didn't see it coming, and then when it happened, I was just kind of like, all right, fine, whatever, and then, because even with fandom, I mean... You can have a canon relationship, and you know what? That doesn't stop people from still writing fanfiction, making their little, uh, their meme things and, and whatnot, and all, all that kind of stuff for whatever pair they want. There's a huge community of, like, Snape and uh, Harry Potter fan fiction, you know? Oh, no, there is. I, I know of it. It is real. <laughs> you know, despite the fact that, you know, and there's also stuff with, like, Draco and Hermione and you know someone else in Hermione and someone else in Harry or whatever so it's everyone gets on with Hermione pretty much it's like let's get it on Uh, but so that's the thing with just fandom in general is that no matter what your ending canon is people are gonna do whatever the hell they want with it because it has nothing to do or affect the the actual outcome of the show so uh, so when they did that that was just like all right. Korra and Asami are in a thing, or having a thing, starting a thing. I don't know. Um, I think it just, with Brian Konietzko coming out and just saying, like, yes, this is, this is canon. Like, this relationship is a real thing. Just, I think, lent it the legitimacy that people needed. Um, instead of being like, oh my god, we're gonna be talking about this forever! <laughs> like, no one will have a definitive answer! No one will know! No! So it just felt more like the, um, the, the. You know, at least with him, you know, doing the Tumblr post, just being like, "Look, I'm just gonna stop you right now. You don't have to think about it or speculate on it. It's real. Like this is how we're ending our series with Cora now representative of the queer community as well as women of color and female leads in action adventure fantasy series. So <laughs> it's like you're welcome. It's all in one. All in one. Which is actually <laughs> the avatar. Yeah. You
2: know, master Master of all all elements. elements.
0: (laughs) All elements, genders, you know, genres, and, uh, she is the balance. She is the balance.
2: (laughs) There you go. That's it. Uh, Look for balance. We're we're getting
1: really deep here. That's
0: right. We're just going to keep going deeper, guys. (laughs) Let's
1: say balance. That's the name of my sex tape.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It's gonna go deeper, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely a um, I, it's a it's a small, but it's a huge step forward in terms of Western children's programming because Eastern programming, especially with anime, is you know it's this is nothing new. It'd just be like a, a bunch of people over in Japan and China and Korea just going uh huh, and where we're over here. It's just, it's, it's a much bigger deal on a different level because of how, you know, uh, taboo it still is, you know, for some reason to put, uh, you know, to even hint at the idea of, uh, of a, a queer uh, pairing or gay or lesbian pairings in cartoons. So I guess I would ask you, you know, both of you, like, what, uh, do you think that this is a big enough step or they could have gone further or, you know, what do you think about that kind of thing.
2: Well, I mean, I think, yeah, they could have gone further. I mean, that's not a, I don't think that's a question.
0: Mm-hmm. Whether or
2: not the network would have let them go further is yeah. another, uh, another question altogether. I liked the ending. Mm-hmm. I didn't, um, I don't know. I am What I'm more interested in, honestly, is just seeing, you know, what, if anything happens from here, you know, if it does shake up the status quo in terms of you know, children's programming. Not that, I, not that I think that's what they were looking to do. Yeah. No. Um. But no, I totally appreciated it. I think it was awesome. Um. And I'm just kind of hoping, yeah, you know, hoping to see what what hopefully you know positive
1: things
0: come out of this. Sean.
1: Uh, I I agree for the most part. I don't think it would have been. I think they could have done it a lot better. Uh, but it would require you doing it from the get go. Uh, instead of keeping it ambiguous until the last moment and then confirming everyone's suspicions, it should have been brought up as one of the, you know, from the start and had that, her, you know, love story to go through the whole season series like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you know that the Nickelodeon would be like, no, there's no chance. So I think with what they could, the fact that they like said it, like it was cool. It was kind of like almost like you know when J.K. Rowling was like Dumbledore's gay and you're just like oh okay cool like it doesn't like affect what has happened in the past four seasons it doesn't mm-hmm. like make you go like oh it makes me think so much different of them it's like oh cool like that's just another aspect of the character I didn't really get to know while she was fucking you know saving
0: the world Yeah. <laughs> every year for God's sake <laughs> yeah. so like, like cool like that's good like
1: I'm like that's great like, like you said like yeah that's awesome I think that's awesome that they're portraying a character like that but, like, I feel like you you could have, if networks weren't a thing, they would have done it from the outset. It would have been the first. Mako's love hole story between both of them would have happened.
0: Yeah, it it really feels like, based on, on that post from, from Brian, that uh, it was much more like, man, if we could have had that happen, uh, we totally would have done it. <laughs> like... Yeah. Which would have been really interesting to see, you know, a show tackle that because it really, it's not around at all. I mean, there's... I guess there's some cartoons where they hint at, you know, gay and lesbian relationships or queer, uh, you know, LGBTQ, yeah, uh, relationships, but nothing's ever been, like, really explicitly stated. Um, and Cora's, like, the closest that we've gotten to that in, you know, in the in the, in the States at least. Uh, I think it's
1: a nice a nice touch, and I think that it's, hopefully will bring, as Miguel said, positive, you know, changes, because I think that with a lot of kids going through, like, being in the closet and being afraid to come out, having a role model, whether it's fictitious or not, to, you know, look up to would be nice to have.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and you figure at every convention that I've been to since uh, Korra came out in 2012, there have been so many people who dress up like Korra or people from The Legend of Korra and The Avatar, The Last Airbender and everything. I mean, it's... They're huge shows. They have an amazing fan base of people who love these characters, and... Please keep making it forever. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> Nickelodeon's just like dicking it. you around all the time, man. It sucks. I will.
1: I, I feel like you should just, you know, not go to Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and instead, kickstart a new season so. five. <laughs> or, yeah, or straight to Netflix. I'm sure Netflix will pick you guys up mm-hmm. and give you funding, but I think that you guys are, like, leaving behind a really
0: lucrative franchise. It is. and r- that and that's the thing too is that there's so much in this world that isn't explored yet. Like I know that Avatar the Last Airbender has comics that they're that they're doing to kind of bridge the gap between that series and Korra. Um hopefully Korra gets a comic that would be kind of cool to to see the continuing adventures and and it would be a great place to start exploring her and Asami's relationship too. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, I would love to see like a, a show
1: about pro bending circuits. That oh would my be, god, you know, yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> let's let's have like an office style team based show where you get to learn about different teams and the people on them, and kind of like dodgeball, the true underdog story, but with uh, pro bending. <laughs> it
0: would be awesome. See, I would I would love to have a like a, a show or a comic that's entirely about the other incarnations of the avatar. Because if you think about it, like after Juan dies, the first avatar, uh, the second person who takes it on, which in the order it would have to be, uh, see, he was a firebender technically first, so the next bender would be uh, an airbender. Uh, so what was the second avatar's life like? Because all they had was Juan to talk to. <laughs> In terms of getting like any Juan. kind of advice.
1: Hey, Juan, what's up? What's going on, dude? So yeah. I was wondering if I could chat with you about some of the problems I've been having around here. A lot of people are pretty angry that I can control all the elements. Uh, what should I talk to them about?
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's like, could you imagine going to Juan for that kind of advice? <laughs> like, uh, I want to be like, dude, I was like
1: a street urchin. Like,
0: <laughs> I was Aladdin. Shut up.
1: <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, dude, pretty much Aladdin. And then I got wicked powers, so...
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how talk weird to them. Be though the first time as like the second avatar, you found out you could talk to Juan? He oh just, my like, god! Are, he's just like, hey, uh, keeping a journal there. He's like, what is what? Who are you? <laughs> and, <laughs> funny story. I used to be you.
1: It's
0: and, like you know, hi, Ching and, and you're the funny representation of corpse. this female spirit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <And>, yeah. So, <laughs> or however that works. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would really love to like see like just one shot stories of. Like, I mean, there's 10,000, like, you know, years worth of avatars. That's, that's a lot of avatars. avatars. Huh? I said exactly what you said. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yay, twinsies! Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so many avatars to go through, and I think they would, just, and, and each one shot would be a different writer, different artist, so you could have, like, different things, uh, uh, represented, um, stylistically, at least. But, yeah, you it's... stop
1: talking, because we were re- literally teaching this, him, like... All um,
0: right, everyone, yeah. we got to, like, write this down. <laughs> Record this <is> <laughs> it. guys. This is all. Patent pending. Patent is pending. This is all
1: someone else's franchise already. So. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it. Just, like, at
1: least give us some, like, writing credits, okay? Like, we need to puff up our resume a bit, all right?
0: <laughs> it's like, we totally gave you this idea already. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, um, so the, one of the previous episodes of this podcast, uh, with, uh, Claire Hummel, I was talking about, a, uh, an idea I had for, um, Sokka's, like, grandchild or something like that, because I was, one of the things that really bugged me about Legend of Korra was that we never really, you know, got to know what happened to Sokka. I mean, we knew he died, um, before the, the show started. And uh, and then there was like a statue of him in the Southern Water Tribe Cultural Center right before it gets blown up, um, but you know we d- we don't ever get any like definitive answer about like what happened to Sokka and Suki. I mean, granted, there's a lot of characters in uh, Avatar that we don't know about what happened to them, but Sokka was a main player. Uh, I think him and and Suki deserved at least a a nod or a mention at some point. Councilman Sokka. <laughs> Councilman Sokka. Well then. Tenzin mentioned him one time when they were talking about the the Red Lotus. He's like, yes, Chief Sokka and blah, 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 and I all rescued you from them the first time they tried to kill you when you were four. Um, but it's just kind of like, Chief Sokka, you mean your uncle? Like, <laughs> have we talked about that yet? Uh, the fact that maybe he would have had kids with so- Suki or something? I don't know. Uh so I talked. Well, to... maybe
1: it was a terrible story, and like Sokka got left at the altar, <laughs> and you know, then he became a bitter old man obsessed with his boomerang. Would you really want to hear that story? Which yes.
0: Yeah, I want any story. I love Sokka. <laughs> he was my favorite character. <laughs> but uh, I told Claire Hummel my idea for one be of sad their story. Then it would yeah, it would be a sad story, but it would be a story worth telling. Uh, it would. Be. It would. Because uh, I was telling Claire Hummel about uh, you know the idea for the character because I don't know how the genetics work in the the Avatar Korra world. It seems that you can develop a, a power based on wh- whoever in your family <laughs> has it. Uh, and so the idea was that if Sokka carries the gene for water bending, but uh, so the idea was that Sokka and Suki, because you know, they have uh, the, the background as, you know, water bending, and then also the uh, Kyoshi Warriors that their kid or grandkid would then use the Kyoshi Warriors uh, fan to water bend. Like, oh, cool! I know, right? It would be like an instrument that they used and like they could just like fling water and it freezes and it's going, it's like ice bullets! <laughs> or maybe they didn't get
1: bending at all, but then when or open the spear portal that we call airbending
0: and they Ooh. use the fan to airbend oh my god that also would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> we have all the amazing ideas uh <laughs> yeah when I told her that she was like don't tell me I'm gonna end up drawing that like do it do the drawing um do the thing do the, do, do the thing and okay so um another relationship that kind of you know sprang out of nowhere a little bit uh, but you could make the case that it was kind of there uh, Varric and Julie, um, they got married. They did the thing. They did. Uh, what did you guys think of their uh, their blossoming relationship? I was for it from the <laughs> beginning. Team you know, Julie like, that's and Varrick out really well, and that's going to be
1: a fun romance that blooms throughout this entire series, and it, it turned <laughs> out to be fantastic.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I, I did love because what it's been pointed out that. Um, because Varric is essentially based on, like, a Howard Hughes-type character uh, with his ex- uh, eccentricities and whatnot, but he's kind of like the Tony Stark of the core universe, and that makes Julia the Pepper Potts, essentially. So for them to get together, you're just kind of like, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like something that would have happened regardless. <laughs> you guys are riveting.
2: <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, we have more of, like a, like, a Patty
0: Hearst vibe.
2: less Howard Hughes.
0: That Varric was gonna, you know, hold up a bank?
2: Didn't he try to, like, kidnap the president or something? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so not far from, you know, holding up a bank.
0: Yeah, after (laughs) being brainwashed by a group of... (laughs) I think
2: in his scenario, ideally, Varric would have been the one doing the brainwashing. That's very true.
0: That's why he was making the movers. Yeah. (laughs) nuk of the North. <laughs> nuk of the North. <laughs> is it Nuk-tuk? It's nuk yeah. <laughs> I think there is something called the nuk of the North. There though. is, yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> I think
2: the, the, re, the recap episode where Varric has his Nuk-tuk movers, <laughs> you know, telling the story of Boleyn with like the big cadre of villains mm-hmm. like the, the Stinister 6-2 or whatever they were. Um, <laughs> that was maybe my favorite moment of like the entire series probably where they just got the, the, like the fake phones that they drew in and everything ridiculous.
0: which uh, is in- it's interesting because that's the episode that basically they had to make in order to keep their staff um because uh you do you guys know the story behind the clip episode no do tell the clip so the clip show came about because nickelodeon decided that uh, you know, other than putting them online abruptly without any fanfare at all, right before New York City Comic Con, they were also going to scale their budget back, which would have been the equivalent of an entire episode. Um, right. s- yeah. So, uh, you know, DiMartino and Cuniesco had to basically make the decision to either do a clip show that would still keep, you know, their people employed um, wow. for another episode or. Uh, not do that and, you know, lose out on a whole episode of the season. So it was kind of like Nickelodeon going, Yeah, everyone loves you, and we're just going to take your money away. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the whole reason why they they did that. It, it, it feels like if they hadn't done a clip show that maybe we would have gotten more of something. I don't know what it would have been, but it would have been more.
1: <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the clip show.
0: Yeah, it's not the best episode. It's
1: not it like filler to me. I was just like, no. That's so what a glitch 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 show always is.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always filler. <laughs> no, know, but I'm just like, I don't need to know. Make it a fluff episode then.
1: I don't need to know what happened from the beginning. Show me, like, an adventure from one of the airbenders. who isn't. Like, where's the little
0: kid? Where's that dude who jinora has got a big crush on? Oh, Kai? Yeah, whatever. What it, like, show
1: with Kai. Like, that's a filler episode, but that's at least you know, interesting and entertaining. I don't need to recap everything I've just seen.
0: Well, it was all about animation, so they couldn't, like, afford to animate any, like, really new stuff except for the little filler bits uh, between the clips. (laughs) Have you
1: seen some of the trailers people make from clips from other movies put together? Yes. They could have done something else.
0: (laughs) I'm sure. Well, because the first recap with Mako and Wu was at least, like... Contextualizing his relationships with Korra and, so- and Asami, <laughs> with the little chibis at the on the side, just being like, "That's just stupid, Mako." I love that. It was cute. It was adorable. the The Korra and Asami and Tenzin one was the most forced. It yeah. it just didn't feel natural the way that they were presenting the the explanation of everything. Um, other than for Asami to just be like, "No, no, you've done a lot of good." Yeah. Avatar. Um, whereas the... I kind of wish that the entire episode had just been Varric recounting his version of the Legend of Korra. That would have been awesome. Yeah. That, that would have been worth the clips because at least it would have been in the context of him wildly getting it out of order and they could have, like, what they did with um, Boleyn, put his face over Korra's when she's the spirit kaiju thingy. <laughs> Yeah, like so. If they could do that, they could definitely have made an entire episode surrounding that. I think that would have been a better way to do it because it was clearly the more the most entertaining of the three. So, I guess uh, since this is the series finale and we're we're coming on a, a an hour soon, so we probably don't want to like. I don't think we can go for an hour and a half about this. <laughs> but watch me. That's okay. Um, what did you What did you guys think of? I guess Legend of Korra as a series, all, all its own. Like you know. One more. <laughs> One more. more. It
1: was like my highlight Friday night. I was like, yeah, right. Friday night. Korra. More like,
2: more like Legend Legend of Make Mora. Am uh, I right.
0: Jesus. That, was
2: awful.
0: that was. Jimmy, can you cut that? Jimmy, yep, yep. Uh, and he's he's shaking his head. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> You've got to live with your mistakes, Miguel. It's okay, or your awesomeness. I don't know. Either I'm way, uh, hardcore fan. <laughs> no. oh, Jesus, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Let's keep going, guys. We can. We can do this. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll they'll come naturally. It's it's okay. <laughs> uh, but what what did you think of the the series as a whole, Miguel?
2: I super enjoyed it. When I originally learned, you know, however long ago that there was going to be a follow-up series to The Last Airbender, I was like, mm, no way, <laughs> it's probably going to be whatever, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. And I now think I like it more than I, I do Last Airbender. It feels, um, I don't know, I, I really appreciated the whole like jump in time, the, the kind of you know, slow build, of like, here's where this world is evolving and where everything's going and how the Avatar's role in the world has to change and, like, all this stuff, which, I don't know, everything about it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel like, I know we talked about it a lot, but the whole, like, lack of closure in the ending Mm -hmm. um, wasn't unfamiliar, because if you think about, like, the last episode or the last few episodes of, like, Last Airbender, it kind of, the same thing, it's just, like, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we beat the Fire Lord. Dope. Everyone's kind of partying. We had a Star Wars ending where we all get medals.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. then there was that cliffing, and then you're like, huh? so now what? You're like, oh, there was that cliffing Kay. with uh, Zuko. And he's like, yeah. where is my mother? And I was like, oh ah, snap! And then you snap. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> if you want to talk about you know loose threads and resolved storylines and stuff, they they had plenty there too. Um, but I think it's you know the, the show creator's subtle way of saying like this is life. You know, you're never gonna get. An ending that you're happy with, because there's always going to be that next phase. You know, there could be a book five and a six and a seven, but we might not ever see them. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's okay, just because we know they're out
0: there somewhere. <laughs> someone's someone's <laughs> making them right now in their own mind. Yeah, just don't put them on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's probably no. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Miguel. I, I actually feel like I I like Cora more than Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, simply, simply because the show itself kind of took the storytelling to a a different level. Um, and, and the show also felt timely. Like, it, it, I mean, it's not dated to the point where we can be all like, that was clearly a millennial show or something like that. But it felt relevant, um, to what's been going on in, you know, television, with issues with women, all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is a series that, you know, especially with this last season, has been, has tipped the scales in terms of having female characters outnumber male characters, and still awesome always been awesome, but that you have all of these amazing female characters from the youngest being ky all the way to the oldest probably being tough at this point <laughs> um and this wide range of different types of characters I think is just amazing and is something that kids need to watch. they should be shown this. Um, and it's, I and I think it does a really good job of not talking down to kids. Not that Avatar did at all, but this just feels more like a show that has more, I guess, weight to it at times.
1: Yeah. Well, I think right. that. I, I mean, thought. I think I do enjoy Korra a bit more than I enjoyed Last Airbender. Um, I do miss some some of the, the aspects of Last Airbender. I miss the classic, like, you know, the setting of the, the Last Airbender. I, mm-hmm. I, but I just noticed that's like everything kind of grew up like over the years you had last airbender, but then the move to Korra. you know, the, the, the creators grew up. We all grew up,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you
1: know, it's a more mature story. It's more catered towards like, you know, young adults to adults. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, kid fun, friendly stuff. Um, even though the avatar and last airbender had some adult moments, it's definitely had its fluff.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that it, it just grew up and I think we all grew up and we needed something that was more, reflective of, you know, the people who started with the show. How long ago did Last Airbender come out, like?
0: Uh, Last Airbender started in 2005 and ended in 2008. I was like, right. (laughs) I mean,
1: two?
0: Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you figure if if you were six when Avatar started, so uh, you're, like... 15, basically, by the time Korra rolls around. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, it was definitely, like, a, it, it feels like, you know, uh, uh, DiMartino and Konietzko, like, made it with the the idea in mind that their audience from Avatar had grown up. Uh, and so that they needed to have a, a character that reflected that. Of course. Yeah. And I
1: think they did a brilliant job with that. And I think it was a, I liked the whole new setting of Republic City and how, like, everything was evolving, like you said.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I also think that you guys could make a story about a fully evolved world where there's less benders and more technology in urban settings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Still have an avatar. Just a story idea, guys. Feel free to run with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and... I want more
1: bending in my TV, and I don't want to have to rewatch things.
0: <laughs> get,
1: get on that, guys.
0: Well, and I feel like that's, because that's been, like, the over, the, the, the overarching question of Korra, you know, especially, like, since the series started, was, is the Avatar still relevant in the, in the world created post, you know, Aang, and, uh, and Zuko's, like, creating Republic City and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's all been leading up to, uh, it, I think that's where, where I've always, I've, I've kind of been with the ending and why I'm okay with it, like, how it, how it comes about is because the whole series feels like it now that it's been gearing towards this question of is the Avatar still relevant in this technologically advanced world? And the answer is still yes, just for, you know, different reasons now. Um, they need her to, to restore balance because people are still going to, like, you know, create terrible situations that she's going to have to step into. And, uh, like huge super weapons. Yep, like huge super weapons. And the, and the fact that it's... um. She has to go through this um, whole season, suffering from post traumatic stress and from the fear of dying and uh, all that stuff, in order to come out a better person. And that's and that's what actually beats Kuvira is that she's she has perspective and wisdom to be able to go like, no, no, I get it, I understand where you're coming from. I'm the same way. <laughs> Funny that. Uh, so it's just it's been this really interesting you know, way that the, the four seasons have kind of like culminated in this one question and answer, which is just like, yep, we still need her. And she's not done learning yet. And it's just like, yay. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I mean, there's the, there's always been the Eastern, uh, the, you know, very Uh, Buddhist like sensibility about it, especially with the, when she tells Tenzin that she suffered in order to become wiser. Uh, and that she needed to do that. Uh, and then the whole idea, like, oh, I'm still, I still need to keep learning. And you're like, yes, you need to keep learning all the interesting and cool ways of bending, and then we can see that. <laughs> Except swamp bending. I'm sure they That's could still make that cool. <laughs> oh, come on. She didn't even, I'm so, I'm actually kind of surprised she didn't sand bend when during the third season when they were, um, in the desert, basically. <laughs> You think that they would just figure that out? You know, it's Earth, mm-hmm. technically.
2: <laughs> it is, yeah. Earth and a lot of uh, some air, probably in there. Oh, yeah, you know? probably.
0: They can they could generate that kind of like turbine engine type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's always been one of the. I don't know if if you learn the newer skills as the Avatar, does that get passed in down to the next Avatar? Do they like suddenly know how to metal bend and <laughs> that you kind of?
2: Just, like, learn. Well, I mean, that's still, you know, that question may never be answered, because technically it wasn't Korra, like, the first metal-bending avatar.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so what's gonna, what's the next one going to do?
0: When they space, jump ahead.
2: Space-bending.
0: Space-bending. <laughs> That'll be,
2: you know, you give it, like, two or three generations, the avatars opening up, like, black holes and <laughs> traveling to Mars and stuff. Like, that's just what they do.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. So like, I,
2: well, because uh, I mean, I think it was that conversation with uh, Henry Rollins when he's just like, "Dude, you just you just manipulate energy, duh. Mm. Like, figure that out."
0: <laughs> I would love it if that was how he approached it too. He's like, "Duh." Is that not what he said. Equivalent. It <laughs> <Nah. laughs> it's That's close amazing. enough. Uh, I think he said it with a little bit more like, "I'm going to give you some more philosophy." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so. That's true, his weird beard and his floating there. Uh, uh, so I guess what, you know to close this thing out a little bit. Um, did you guys have like a favorite episode? Or f- I mean, I know Miguel, you mentioned the uh, the the mover story from Varric and, and Bolin and everything, but any uh, like favorite scenes, favorite episodes that you know just still now strike you, and you're just kind of like, man, that was great.
2: Everything with like sit here and then. Oh yeah. Just hands down. I don't know. I I loved his character. Mm -hmm. It was just like that little bit of of nihilist that everyone, you know, wants to be deep down in their hearts, mixed with some, you know, really out there philosophy and airbending. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So everything he's really ang if you think about it. They're exactly the same.
0: Yeah, exactly, except for the, you know, (laughs) trying to kill people part. okay I mean just it's just a tiny difference between the two of them yeah okay other than that they're totally like twins yeah
2: shaved heads all
0: twinsies uh Sean what did you have like a a particular favorite thing or something that struck you you know even now Uh, any of the bending scenes Mm. I think they've just really
1: perfected their choreography uh in how they build these scenes up um just, like, going all the way back to, like, when, when they're fighting the, when they try to kidnap Korra,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: here and then try to fight each other in, uh, what is the city called?
0: Oh, uh, Zaofu.
1: Zaofu, that's it. Uh, when they're fighting there, like, that scene was incredible to watch, like, that was amazing. And even when they try to take down the super weapon in the first place, and Toph has to kind of rescue them, and comes in and just owns the place with, like, a foot stomp, <laughs> She's like, you give Banders a bad name. I was like, yes, Toff.
0: That's I'm right. Like, you're gonna come
1: in and you're gonna kick her ass, and then she didn't. I
0: was like, no. <laughs> you know <have> <laughs> like three generations of Beifong women. And you're like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, it's one of the things that I'm gonna miss about it not being an animated show. I mean, if if Cora does get a comic book, it's It's going to be, you know, I'll I'll definitely read it, but it's just not going to feel the same because this is a particular type of story that really requires animation to get like the bending right. Yeah. So it's, it's going to (laughs) be one of those things where the the comic will never be as good as the television show. You know, we
1: can just forget about M. Night Shyamalan's bastardization and start again with the live action.
0: Maybe, or maybe they should just tell their own story within the universe instead of trying to recap an entire season in a two-hour movie. Or that. I don't
1: even care. Just use your goddamn mythos to make a fucking movie. That's good, (laughs)
0: and not crap. I want to record that. I'm just going to isolate that and send it to people. Use your goddamn mythos and fucking make a movie. (laughs) Come on.
1: Like, I was being... Iron Man 2 at work all the time and the trailer for Before Iron Man 2 is The Last Airbender and like you can't away all of the crap from that movie and you just leave the bending it was awesome I was like I want to watch that but I know what's going to happen if I watch that I'm going to get super angry at the story and I'm going to get frustrated mm-hmm. but just cut out all of it and just watch bending and you're like, this is awesome to watch. <laughs> is there a version of that maybe out on YouTube or something that's just oh, the bending that from
2: is, that movie? At that I'll say, even that. some of the bending in that movie pissed me off. Like, the the breakdancing the, with the earthbenders, mm. the fact that the firebenders had to have fire to bend.
0: Yeah, it was like, uh, it had to be already lit. They weren't actually producing their own fire. Mm-hmm. The fact that they pronounced every name pretty much wrong if they could.
1: I don't um, that happened in the bending Oh scenes. my god, so frustrating.
0: Ugh, it's like the minute they started saying Soka, it's like, D- you had a cartoon. You had one job. Yeah, one job. You do this right, mm-hmm. and you didn't. They told you how to pronounce the names. <laughs> like, how do you screw that up? Apparently like this. I'd Ugh.
2: be okay with um, an MMO if they went that route. Oh um, yeah. Just like a post-season, or post-Cora Book 4. Like, let's run into the spirit world <laughs> and level up your thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's the have you have you guys played the games for Avatar or for Korra? because I, I know that they're out there but
2: I there was like a I think Xbox 360 PS something Avatar game I tried to play it it was terrible.
0: Xbox yeah, like
2: sh- um, or Fireballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I heard I've heard mixed reviews of the Korra one but I haven't actually played
0: yeah. it. Okay. We're we'll to do a Let's Play, and then we can be like, man, they should do better games. Uh- <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, all right, guys, so, I mean, is there anything anything that we have left out that you wanted to cover uh, before we we end this episode and close out the year?
1: Have we asked them to make more episodes?
2: Can Bo Lin just get his own show?
1: <laughs> can I play live-action Bo Lin?
0: We explored this this option. I I think that all of those are viable questions. Uh, I'm going to just send them off to the creators because I have that kind of a connection.
1: <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. shot with the perfect. <laughs>
0: I'll just get a hold of Janet uh, Varney and just be like, uh, "Hey, we have some questions. <laughs> Would you mind?" <laughs> but uh, but overall, satisfied, happy with the the end of of Cora as it is.
2: Yeah end of Korra I mean aside yes for that point exactly that it, it is the end mm-hmm. I was yeah it was great it was a great ride while it lasted yeah but sad to see it go
0: stupid Nickelodeon <laughs> like, alright what hey, what's up Netflix <laughs> yeah so like hey Netflix how you doing <laughs> like uh, okay so I'm I'm gonna say that's thumbs up from everybody for Cora and uh Again, sad to see it go, but as huh. endings go, it was pretty damn near perfect. Um, so, hopefully one day we'll get another show from these guys, and I can't imagine why they wouldn't get something else somewhere yeah. down the road. The Huh? <laughs> use your damn mythos. Yeah, do, use your damn mythos. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Miguel, Sean, thank you for coming back for some more Cora talk, and it's been a while since we did that. Uh, and, uh, do you guys want to plug anything, like, where the people can find you, uh, online at all? Uh, Sean, we'll start with you.
1: I am on Twitter, at Sean Perot. I tweet comedy and funny things. Mm. I will have a YouTube channel soon.
0: Ooh, soon.
1: So soon. So 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 very, <laughs> very soon.
0: <laughs> Miguel?
2: I, uh, can also be found on Twitter, at notacryptonian. Um... <laughs> Because my name is Miguel, uh, Superman is not my cousin, but I am from Kansas.
1: Right. Wait, are you
2: Kryptonian? No, I get that a lot though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, just on Twitter. Uh, I have a Tumblr as well somewhere, but I don't really update it. <laughs> so that's all.
0: That's well, good that you could tell people about the thing you don't update. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: t- yeah, righteous indifference is what it's called, actually. So, makes sense that I don't update.
0: Everyone, go check it out so that McGill is forced to write something. Boo! Boo. <laughs> Make me do stuff. That's what I'm going to do to everybody. Uh, and uh, as always, you guys can find me at darling underscore Sammy on Twitter. Uh maniacalgeek.com is the website where this is usually uh, this podcast is normally hosted, as well as on SoundCloud. And uh, you can go on Facebook and like the, uh, the, the page. It's uh, Maniacal Curls, I believe, is the, uh, the URL. It would probably be useful if I had that information offhand and knew it correctly. But you'll find it. It's fine. Uh, but on behalf of that girl with the curls, Miguel, Sean, thank you for coming back to talk some Cora. And everyone else, have a lovely evening. Or morning. Or whenever you're talking. Drive. You're